0: Welcome to Southwick Survival Guide, where we are queer to answer your questions. My name is Cheyenne. And I'm Gina. Class is now in session. Today we're going to be talking about everyone's biggest nuisance and <laughs> kind of the things that bind us to like the patriarchy and heterosexuality and just everything that is annoying as fuck. Gender norms. <laughs> were you, would you be considered more of like a girly girl growing up or were you more of a tomboy or did you not really like fit into either category? Like were you subverting gender as a child? Where did you fall? I think that's, what's funny is I've always like neither,
1: I've I've never really felt like on one side or the other. Mm -hmm. I've never had qualms with being a woman per se, but also like, what does that mean? And what does that look like? And I did have a lot of, um, weird feelings around super girly things. So I would not describe myself as a girly girl. I was, I like hated pink. I hated glitter. I felt uncomfortable. Like when I had to wear those things as dance costumes. And I also on the flip side, don't feel like I could be considered a tomboy because, a lot of the things that are stereotypically like in that umbrella, I just don't think I fit into. And mm. I low key still feel like that kind of in between is where I am. Like, I don't know. I don't I do feel like I am feminine, but I don't feel like I'm femme or mask. I never really felt like a tomboy or a girly girl. So gender norms, have, I as you can probably assume, have always been a little frustrating for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think they're really frustrating in general, because I do feel like they are kind of like these shackles that bind us to everything that society says we should or shouldn't be. And like, I, I know you mentioned the dance thing before and like the makeup yeah. and costumes. Did you enjoy doing dance in general, though? It was just kind of yes. like the things that came along with it that you just like, okay.
1: I loved dance. I still like miss it. I, mm-hmm. I, and I did ballet. I did the, the hard point shoes, like where you would mm-hmm. go all the way up. Mm-hmm. I did what I now describe as white girl hip hop, but like I did five <laughs> different dance classes. I was, I like, lived at my dance studio. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. I just wanted at, at the recital to wear like, Normal clothes Mm -hmm. and not like non sparkly, that was what my version of normal Mm -hmm. is, or like your everyday clothes, (laughs) I guess I should say. And I wanted to not have to wear stage makeup. And there were some times where my costumes would be costumes, quote unquote, would be like a hoodie and shorts. Mm -hmm. And I loved (laughs) those costumes, obviously, more than
0: the glittery, like flowing things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's sad that like it kind of took away from your passion for dance like the fact that you had it to like engage a in like it in specific ways. With. yeah and it's yeah. just like you should be able to enjoy your interests without having to confine to these like norms surrounding it I don't know um I feel like I don't know I was a little bit quote-unquote tomboyish growing up but also like I was also in between like I did really like makeup I loved to play the dolls and play like house but then also all of my friends were boys and I would like wrestle and like play with nerf guns and like play video games um fucking like street fighter games I don't know like i was kind of, like, in between, and I feel like, I don't know if you felt this way, but when I was younger, definitely, like, the more tomboy girls were, like, cooler, like, the girls who, like, wanted to go, like, go all out in gym class, and, like, didn't care about, like, being girly, like, they were so cool, but then, like, the older you get, and I feel like if you were super, super masculine, you were kind of, like, you were probably like bullied for like looking like a boy or dressing like a boy like Mm. too much like you're more at risk for homophobia or transphobia Mm. like depending on how you're perceived and like what kind of people you're around see all the like people that all the girls that were like tomboys Mm -hmm. that I thought were really cool
1: what Mm -hmm. actually was happening is I have I had a crush on that yeah that's totally my type is like (laughs) okay tomboy androgynous non-fem people who are less feminine than me is my type Mm -hmm. but do you feel like you're more girly now like quote unquote girly now than you were growing up because I feel like you
0: would maybe more fall into that category now but I don't know if that was how you always have been right I don't know if in the past it was more of like a shield for me because a lot of my I didn't know how to befriend girls because I was like intimidated Mm. by them because I liked them and I didn't know how to be around them but guys weren't intimidating to me so I could just easily be around them and then also like all of my family friends had like boys so I was just always around them mm. but like I also like was a very hairy child which I would get bullied for and like I wasn't comfortable with my body and like the way people and society made me feel about my body so I'd wear a lot of like baggy more masculine clothes like I didn't want to wear things that like showed off my body or showed off how hairy I was Um, so I felt like it was a little bit easier to try and like almost blend in that way but not necessarily go too far into masculinity that made me stand out Um, but I just kind of wanted to be like a blank slate almost like as neutral as I could get I guess so interesting yeah I don't know if I would say I necessarily feel more or less feminine now I definitely like dress more stereotypically feminine I've like tried to dress a little bit more masculine I, I don't know just like it's really hard when you have huge boobs like <laughs> not a lot of things are made to fit your body and then also like the fits that you see on uh, like that are more androgynous or masculine you don't usually see those on people with larger boobs and if they are they're like binding sure. their chest so it's just hard to like see it's just like not as available or like <laughs> readily out yeah. there um so it's hard to like find that style with my body um right. but internally I definitely feel more masculine at times and it's like so hard to explain because it'll be like mm-hmm. sitting like a, a specific way like spreading out like spreading my legs putting my arm back or like when I put my arm on the back of like a Uh, the back of the seat in the car to like back up Mm -hmm. like I just feel more masculine in my body and it's not necessarily like a dysphoric way either like it feels good to me and that's the thing like gender norms go
1: so deep and as somebody who's like dated all the genders so to speak Mm -hmm. like part of the reason I don't like dating men anymore is because they really have a harder time, I think, separating gender roles in relationships. And that's not yeah. to say it can't be done, but it's harder because I feel like a lot of the ones I was dating anyway, I had to like either train out of them or like learn and they what usually I usually benefit could them deal more with. I don't know. I see a lot of sides to it because I grew up in a house where there were a lot of um, breaking of the like, gender norms. Like mm. my mom worked full time and was successful as much, or if not more so than my dad, like they're both very successful engineers. My mom was more educated than my dad Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of balance in our house. Um, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't gender norms as well, or things that like my dad would never do because that was Mm -hmm. just like not his place. And then things that my mom would leave for my dad, because that's a man's job. And I don't think that they, are doing anything harmful. Like at the end of the day, they are doing what works for them. But I found that I had a hard time for myself getting a balance in my personal relationships. That was was something I was okay with.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard to be okay with it, especially like household labor, like the division mostly lands on the woman or the femme presenting person. And you know, we're like kind of taught that men are i don't I don't remember the exact phrase, but like, oh, they're incapable. Like I don't know how to do that. I don't know that I should do that. But really, it's they know how or they know that they should but they see it as beneath them so then the people who are beneath them that's for them to do that's not for me to do um so it's like an act of dominance and an act of like expecting you to be subservient but they play it like they're dumb and that's really not what's going on there and I think that's like super common and women are expected to just like take that at face value and be like okay I'll handle everything yeah it's very frustrating I also couldn't deal with it when I was dating a man I felt like his mom and that was like a big reason that I was like I don't think Mm. this is the life for me like I don't think this is what I'm meant to be doing Um, I'm not ready to be a grown man's mother and I don't think I ever will be Um, not to say that I haven't felt like that with women either but the workload is like so much more balanced and also like the emotional workload and like relational, not just like the division of household labor, but just like in general, it feels so much more balanced with women. Even if they're like in need of a lot of therapy or like struggling in a lot of other, like just not being a good partner in other ways and just need to catch up a little bit. It's still like leagues and leagues and leagues ahead of the men that I've been with personally, but Maybe that's just my luck or the taste of taste of men that I was going for. Um, so one of the first questions we got actually was, why, why, why must they exist? And like I said before, they're kind of things that keep the patriarchy in motion and help them to work. And if you follow along, subscribe. yeah, if you subscribe to them, that kind of helps the whole machine going. And it's kind of like how... Right we're sold these imperfections by capitalism and then we're sold ways to fix them. And they keep coming up with new imperfections and new things we need to fix. Like if as long as they can keep selling us their product, they're going to keep making things so that we keep buying into it. And it's kind of the same with our patriarchy.
1: Yeah, I also think people are creatures of habit and mm-hmm. we are in a time of trying to undo literally centuries of- things being normalized that have no business being normal in society, like gender norms. And so I think the more we can do to counteract them, the better things will be. I mean, I already think now more than ever things, you know, are better than they could ever be in terms of like women knowing that they can go and get, you know, any job and women in STEM and all these like things that, are breaking typical gender norms and like even how I just said my mom's an engineer and like has more education and that isn't something that's even like possible a hundred years ago in terms of like women having that level of education, yeah, even
0: less than a hundred years ago. If you think about it, like we, we couldn't even vote like mm-hmm. less than
1: hundred years ago. So we're, we're continuously trying to undo all of these things that are so ingrained everywhere that it's going to take a while for them to like not exist ever. But I do think that like with each new generation, there's a lot of things being broken and in that cycle, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. I feel like I have hope for it, but at the same time, I see all the people working against that because of the fear that they have about the progress that is being made and like how quickly like transphobic laws and homophobic laws are being passed. Like so many things that are trying to make us revert to quote unquote, old ways, which is just yeah. like oppression. Um, mm-hmm. and it's it's really, it's very scary. Um, and then someone else asked, why are they so goddamn confusing? And I think it's confusing because like, I, I feel like by nature, it's supposed to confuse you almost. It kind of keeps you in the dark about things if, you know, not everything is obvious. And also like, mm-hmm. it's not, they're not natural. Like gender isn't, natural sex is natural like biological sex but gender is completely constructed so that's why it's confusing if you you don't fall in line with them because you know it's it's not like a natural facet of human life it's something that we're constrained by um yeah word yeah
1: I think they're confusing because it's all bullshit like you said like yes people are born with certain bodies but how we present Mm -hmm. and gender is all made up it's all literally all bullshit Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean that you can't want to have a different body than you were born with Mm -hmm. but you can have any body and present as any gender Mm -hmm. and every I don't know it's confusing because like it's all just crap and like you've said before a lot of gender norms are reinforced for the patriarchy and it's confusing because none of us have time for the patriarchy
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it's not it's not serving probably any of the people listening to this podcast (laughs) and the people that it might be serving it's also still hurting them in like ways that keep them indebted to it so it just like all so fucking convoluted and like you said confusing and it's just not natural. <laughs> like, we're not supposed to like girls like pink and boys like blue. Like, no, people like what colors they fucking like. Like, why is it natural to like fall into these mm-hmm. like these binaries? It just it, it doesn't make sense because there aren't only two options in the world, and also not everyone is the same. So yeah. that's why
1: it's so and, and like you said, it hurts all sides because mm-hmm. even for men who get a lot of privilege assigned to that gender. Um, they still have like toxic masculinity. Literally, only exists because of gender norms. It's like mm-hmm. not normal for men to cry and have feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. It's not normal for them to like be like even fucking respectful in some situations because it's like that's weakness that you would mm-hmm. I don't know have enough emotional capacity to think about other people. It's like so weird and right. primitive. And that is then hurtful because guess what? You're human and you're going to have feelings. And it doesn't matter that you also like cars and all these other things that are binary. Like you're also going to cry. And like, I don't know. I also feel pretty lucky because I have a dad who was very comfortable being emotional around us Mm -hmm. growing up, especially at events where they were emotional. Like at funerals, I saw my dad cry. He didn't hide Mm -hmm. it. And he went out of his way to say things like, I'm sad and I'm sure you're too, you are too, I'm really sad. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like flip because my mom is the one that hides her emotion more. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a cultural thing because my dad's Italian. We are emotional people. Yeah, um, but then I also but wonder I love if it's that. because
0: women are told you're too emotional, and she feels yeah. that she can't express those emotions because she, then she won't be taken seriously. Because oh, she's yeah, maybe she maybe she was a woman. Yeah, up. <laughs> like it just it fucks us up in so many ways, and like insidious little ways, but then also ways that we connect interpersonally. And how can that be normal? How can that be okay? That we are told to suppress feelings or that we feel too much. um, But that's, you know, it's it's just because we're unserious and can't be taken seriously. Like, it's just across the board, not healthy. And there's no way that that's like what we're biologically programmed to do. It's been Mm -hmm. conditioned and people still can't follow the conditioning which obviously means it's not working (laughs) and should no longer be implemented because generals wouldn't have to work as hard as they do and people like advocating for them would not be having to work as hard as they do to keep other people in line if it was natural and normal for everyone to fall into like it's just bullshit I hate it so much
1: it's all bullshit. And I would say, you know, hey, at least we're queer. But one of our questions <laughs> next are gender norms still prevalent in relationships between women? How do quote unquote traditional gender roles perforate queer relationships? And I think that there has been a lot of society being comfortable when you can see a queer relationship and somehow have it mirrored back, which is why I think sometimes. In media representation, there's like one mask, one femme, or Mm -hmm. they'll ask, or when it's not two femmes, because
0: that's like what's palatable and found like sexy. So it's like either fetishization or we want, or mirrored. Yeah. And we expect the mirroring to mirror what we think like a hetero relationship is. Like they expect the butch to be the one paying for things or like. I've seen right. so many memes about like, I'm not going to fix your car. Like, go call a man to do that. I'm just, I'm just a stud or I'm just <laughs> a bunch, whatever. And it's like, they expect things like fall in line. My girlfriend recently had a conversation with some people about our relationship and they were like, so are you like the man because you leave the house to work and Cheyenne stays home. And she like will clean while you're at work slash multitask and do her work. And she was like, No, we're both women. That's not how we work. Or well, you know, my gender is it's all, it's all game, but <laughs> she was like, but "We're it's, we're it's not a, it's man a good
1: point. Like that's not a thing. And mm-hmm. th- just because you're doing things that might fit one gender role, does that mean mm-hmm. that you're in any sort of box? Like if mm-hmm. you're home, it might make sense. You have more time. To, like, when is she going to like come home during her lunch break to clean? Like, that's not mm-hmm. like logical. And that doesn't mean that queer relationships are void of gender roles because I think we're all products of society. And there's probably a lot of people who have things to unlearn still, Mm -hmm. I'll say. But if you're looking at a queer relationship and assigning gender roles to them, like that's an issue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we can like even personally feel like we need to like act out these certain roles. And it's kind of hard to tell if it is just like a queer manifestation of love almost, or if it is that gender role. Like I've had more masculine partners like feel like they needed to like provide for me and like wanted to make all the money and take care of me but like that's not to say that I haven't had feminine partners say the same thing or vice versa Mm -hmm. with me saying that to people so I don't know if that's them feeling like oh I'm the more masculine one I need to provide or if that's just me wanting to take care of my partner like I don't know if there's a way to kind of qualify that and say this is just me showing love versus me falling into a gender norm I think that they're they are so prevalent just because they are so ingrained in us and yeah. I feel like the first thing I thought of when I read this question was about how people will see uh certain queer relationships and it's primarily between two mask partners and they're like oh that's gay like that's gay gay and it's like this is all we're all gay like that doesn't yeah. like why is that why are you talking about that dynamic like it's derogatory like that's like a beautiful thing that they can celebrate and embrace each other's masculinity and love it like that's right great for them uh so I don't know why people act like they're above others who do that I don't know if it's super internalized misogyny homophobia Transphobe like butch phobia, like there's just so many layers to it. Um, but I do think it is prevalent because I've seen people say shit like that. And I've even had people tell me that I can't call myself a dyke because I'm feminine presenting. So it it it, like not goes into so many. Yeah, I don't subscribe to it either, but they were like only (laughs) I've been called a dyke, so guess what? I can call myself one, (laughs) right? Like, but yeah, I do think it is prevalent. And it can perforate in a lot of different ways from just like what you call yourself to how you interact in the relationship to how people react to your relationship, even if you're not personally experiencing those gender roles, so. Yeah.
1: So since we kind of talked about the man, quote unquote, in the relationship, another Mm -hmm. question mentions that, why do all of my recent dates expect me to act like, quote unquote, the man in the relationship? and i don't know how this person presents or where mm-hmm. they're living and why they're around women who are um or why they're going on dates with people who would act like that but that's not
0: cool <laughs> no that's not cool and it just shows how like inherently i don't even know the word i want to say i don't know if i want to say that it's like misogyny if it's the internalized homophobia like you should want to treat your masculine partner like the same way you would want to be treated in a relationship you shouldn't have these like arbitrary Mm -hmm. expectations and like if it's division of labor base like you're like oh you take out the trash or whatever like that should be something that should be discussed and it should be part of your skill set like okay I prefer to do like we talked about this in the living with a partner episode like I prefer to do the dishes my partner prefers to cook It shouldn't matter if I am the more feminine presenting or the more masculine presenting one. It should just be divided based off of our strengths and weaknesses and preferences. Um, And if you're with someone who's like that, my (laughs) advice is to get the fuck away from them because, you know, you shouldn't be with someone who has those very like heteronormative expectations of you. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like it's so hard to put people in a box of like masculine femme because like the outward presenting versus the who they are like it's people just have like different int- you know what I mean? oh, yeah
1: I do know what yeah. you mean um I like wh- how you said there's there's presentation and then there's mm-hmm. like actions and then there's vibe and that's why it like, is interest. so weird yeah. yeah because somebody could come look like totally masked and then they came up come up to you mm-hmm. and they're like hi and they like act totally different like you have no idea how like the whole spectrum for one person is going to mesh together to create who they are and that's why gender
0: norms are stupid anyway (laughs) I agree I fully agree (laughs) um so another question we got was do you have any thoughts on chivalry between men and women and I was really interested in hearing (laughs) your thoughts on this I do have
1: thoughts on chivalry because I think that chivalry only exists because it's not normal for men to be respectful to women. So then when they go out of their way to do something that a totally normal human being would just Mm -hmm. do to be courteous, like hold a door open or like, I don't know, my girlfriend will always like go to my side of the car and open the door for me. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I don't know. I just think that chivalry is an excuse to, think that you're a better guy just for doing things that are things you should do to respect the person that you're
0: with you know what I'm saying like it's right like why did they get a gold star for being polite or like being kind yes. like if I hold the door for people behind me that's just like me being nice but if like a man does it then it's like oh he's like a good one like he's really good and it's just like we're just like doing the bare minimum to be it's all a trick to hide how low the bar is yeah yes it is it is it just fucking gold stars for literally nothing and the bars and how (laughs)
1: <laughs> when people are like chivalry isn't dead, I'm like you mean men are evolving to be more respectful? No, it's not, I don't know. I hate right. the chivalry concept is outdated because, like I said, like it, you should just be doing things. I right. just it's a it's an outdated concept overall.
0: Yeah. And if anything, I feel like in the queer community, there's way more chivalry. Like, I was just telling my girlfriend about, and we talked about it in a past episode about how you took like fresh basil from your garden on your first date. With, <laughs> was it your first date with your girlfriend? It you was like, like date four. Okay. Date four with your girlfriend. But like, that's like chivalrous. Like, and if a man did that, she would like, propose on the spot and be like, let me, like, not she, not she isn't like my girlfriend, but just like this arbitrary, she like, that would be like, wow, this man is like my future husband. I'm going to mention this at our wedding. And that's just like a cute gay thing that you did. Not and It absolutely. was like very nice of you. Like, it was great. Like, that's such a cute story. But if a man did that, like the bar is so low, that would be like, she would like take him to meet her dying grandmother <laughs> after that and be like, look, <laughs> look at the specimen I found. I I feel
1: like I've seen TikToks and I've also heard like anecdotal stories Mm -hmm. of like people I know personally who, when they ask, like when somebody asks them like, what do you like about this man? The Mm -hmm. first things that they say are things like, oh, he's actually really nice to me and Mm -hmm. he actually listens to what I say and he actually cares and he actually holds the door for me. Or Mm -hmm. there was one person I know who said he's the first guy who didn't make me feel like I had to have sex with him. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah. these are things that everybody should be doing. Like Mm -hmm. even if it's like your friend who's like in front of you, who should hold the door for you. Like
0: I just can't, the bar is so low. It's obnoxiously low. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me so sad. Like just thinking about how many passes men get and I'm not saying like the bar should be lower for non-men I'm just saying the bar should be higher for men um well here's and what where sucks we and I'm gonna cut this out
1: but okay. my sister actually has a bar high where it should be like she won't put up with yeah. stupidity when it comes and to she that. can't find anyone and therefore she's having a horrible time dating and she can't yeah. find anybody that's like gonna stick or like even mm-hmm. the guys that like low-key didn't do anything wrong they just like don't have it all figured out and just like are non-committal and I applaud her for having the ability to set the bar but mm-hmm. men but like there's like two percent of men in the world who actually right. are above that bar so her, and how like, many are around you like (laughs) in in our fucking hometown where my sister is let alone you know so yeah that's probably gonna be a patreon (laughs) but I just wanted to add that because like I really do feel bad and even my roommate has gone through like a similar thing where like Mm -hmm. the guys in Tucson are just like meh and Mm -hmm. she's like but I don't want to like lower my bar I'm like no don't
0: yeah and then a lot of people do set a lot of like loneliness and then regret it down the line when they either end up with someone who isn't compatible or is just like a complete piece of shit or just like waste their time instead of like being single and working on themselves but you can like some of the things that you work on with yourself you can only do in a relationship like it's it just all fucked up and I think it's because <sighs> men do get away a lot with being um, below the bar yeah.
1: yeah so since we're talking about chivalry um in queer relationships if you go on a date who should pay
0: obviously it's the mask presenting person they are the ones (laughs) obviously Gina's kidding yeah um I don't know personally I always offer to pay and then it's like kind of the little tug of war like whoever really wants to pay and then you know whoever ends up paying it's a paying usually me um <laughs> I think whoever asks the other person on the date or like if you're that's doing multiple things like one person can pay for dinner one person can pay for the movie one per- person can pay for popcorn one person can pay for the movie tickets like you can split it make it even I think that's the best way to do it or just like whoever asks I would say that like ideal
1: situation for uh, that I would think anyway Is the person who said like, hey, would you like to go here with me? They Mm -hmm. at least offer like, hey, I'm going to like they put their card down or whatever they're going to pay. The other person should say like, oh do you want me to split it? And the first person says, no, 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 I got it. But then you go to a bar or something or you go somewhere after, or maybe on the next date, the person who didn't pay says, mm-hmm. okay, now it's my turn. Like when my girlfriend and I first started hanging out, like she'd buy us like one meal. And then the next day I'd be like, you got yesterday. So now it's my mm-hmm. turn. And then that already creates like a wonderful dynamic. That's what I think. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a give and take of who initiated and then you Evan flow to make things like somewhat even, you could always say like, it's my treat because you just got promoted or because Mm -hmm. whatever, but that's like
0: a normal thing you would do with friends. So yeah. And I also think it's, it's like a cute way to like make future plans. Like, oh, you pay next time. I got this time. Um, if you want to see them again, that's like a cute way. Yeah. So I think that's a fair way to do it if you don't want to split that night or whatever um, don't pay every time though because that <laughs> is bad like you're not rich. bad yeah it, it really depends on like the financial dynamic but if you're paying every time they're just letting you that's a red flag on its own um, they're like yeah. they're never trying to pay
1: <laughs> I agree yeah. with
0: that yeah alright so I think with that we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about this wonderful the So we are back in the next question. We have, um, it it kind of starts off, not a question, but we're going to get into the question part. Uh, This person said, shaving is fucking stupid. I've never consistently shaved my armpits because honestly, it's a lot of effort, but I've only just started doing it consciously when reading about the enforcement of gender norms and my parents just don't get it at all. I'm also quite self-conscious about it overall. Like I haven't mentioned it to my friends a lot. So I don't know. How do I overcome that? I feel
1: like I've gone on a, big journey honestly with body hair and um hair in general especially Mm -hmm. because I don't want to shave but I also don't want certain parts of my body to be hairy Mm -hmm. and I do think shaving is like stupid in the sense of you're a quote-unquote woman so you have to shave or Mm -hmm. like I remember a lot having a lot of shame growing up around like my leg hair growing Mm -hmm. back and like not keeping up enough with shaving and especially I would hate like internally, not actually, but like internally hate my, like my best friend who's like blonde and has Mm -hmm. two leg hairs that grow back once a quarter. Mm -hmm. And I would like shave and have a five o'clock shadow on my calves by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And it would drive me nuts because it felt like I could never get like rid of enough body hair. And so I think that whole, the shame that I had around needing to remove hair is stupid. And I used to like, shave everything from the neck down like i shave my arms my legs my armpits my mustache everything yeah and then i recently kind of went through a phase where i was like i'm gonna stop shaving everything including like doing my eyebrows like i stopped i stopped and i let any hair that was on me grow back now my mm-hmm. eyebrows grew in kind of funky because of years <laughs> of doing things to mm-hmm. them but i mm-hmm. did reshape them and i'm like happy with the way they are now Definitely really into my armpit hair. Like I fucking live for my armpit hair. Mm -hmm. And I I've been in situations where I felt a little weird about it. But outside of my one trip to Miami, (laughs) I love having my armpit hair out. Miami made me self-conscious because the gender roles there are like really enforced, or at least Mm -hmm. they are at all the nightclubs and and shit you're going to for a bachelorette. Mm -hmm. And like even with family weddings, I've had to decide like, do I bleach or do I shave? Like, what do I do? And I've gotten more and more comfortable, I think with just like letting my hair rock and roll. And uh, right now I'm at the point where there are certain things that I'm deciding actually like, do I like this or not? So like my mustache, I like had it rocking for a while Mm -hmm. and it's something that I'm like, you know what, this might be one of the things I do shave, which, Mm -hmm. Hey, a lot of people with mustaches shave their mustache. Like Mm -hmm. that's just, that's the genderless thing I feel like. And I also am kind of like back and forth on my legs. I kind of want to laser it so that it's just less prevalent. Like I don't need it to go away. I just don't like how much hair and how dark my hair Mm -hmm. is but i'm kind of used to not everybody getting it like even the first time my dad saw my armpits he was like you don't shave your armpits anymore and i was just like no and honestly that was like (laughs) the end of it it wasn't like a big thing but people are my one aunt was like ew but then she said to be fair she's like to be fair i don't want to see anybody's armpit hair it's like get yours away from me i don't want i don't want anyone's armpit Mm -hmm. near me so like i just think that um you do start off like self-conscious i think because breaking a gender norm like that does put a spotlight on you in this weird Mm -hmm. way that I don't even think I was expecting but Mm -hmm. once you get over it and you can learn to like turn the spotlight back around on somebody like so when when someone will ask me like oh you don't shave your armpits I'll be like do you regardless of who they are (laughs) yeah like I don't care who they are
0: because it's like who
1: cares why are you asking me do you shave your armpits (laughs) like whatever
0: yeah it just shows how like willing people are to comment on your body and a lot of it comes down to like having to set boundaries and say like no we're not gonna talk about my body in this way or turning it around on them and being like well I don't like how you did your hair today so you know you should be really concerned with my opinion imagine I just start reading my family like you're gonna not shave your armpits you're gonna wear your hair like that well (laughs) I kind of did that to, I kind of did that to my mom recently she was like teasing Don't her brother for, for what was she teasing him for for his haircut or something or how he styled his hair that day and she had just gotten a haircut and I was like well maybe he doesn't like your haircut and like I love my mom but I was just kind of like showing her like hey don't make comments about no I have so many
1: in the back of my head now like the next time my aunt says anything I'm gonna be like that's a lot of talk for a woman who hasn't updated her wardrobe since 2001
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that you'll have to let me know what she says and I really hope you do say that to her because it's just like but what makes you think you can say that to me? What makes you think that you have any say in my appearance? And why don't I get why don't I get to have a say in yours if you're gonna have a say in mine? <laughs> um yeah, what? I I definitely relate a lot to what you said. I used to shave literally my entire body, like all the my entire back I would shave, my toes, my Literally every hair that grew aside from like my eyebrows and my I head. I do and still shave my toes. I don't. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, I do. Sh- I do still shave my toes. Yeah, because they bother me. Um, but like Same. my entire back, every single day, I did not have a hair. I shaved every day of my life for years, um, and then I was finally like, you know what? I'm not gonna let like the bullying that I've endured f- from having a hairy body like stop me from living my life and I like started to let my arm hair grow back in and I remember my ex-boyfriend at the time I like said he should like shave his facial hair or something but it was because it like hurt me when we would kiss and then he would be like well you're letting you're letting your arm hair grow back out so you should shave that and I was like how the fuck dare you and he never said anything like that to me again um but even like dating him I don't know I feel like I had that experience and then it was kind of a joke for me and my friends to go in the opposite direction when I was like in high school like we'd participate in No Shave November and we'd like grow out our leg hair and wear skirts and we'd all be like look how long my leg hair is like I was Mm. surrounded by people who didn't really give as much of a fuck um which led to me not giving as much of a fuck and I like grew my armpit hair out and tried to like dye it fun colors and it didn't work um but I made (laughs) said ex-boyfriend like dye my armpit hair for me um so I don't know I feel like We all go on our own journeys with certain gender norms and shaving is like a big one because like I said, at the beginning of the episode, it really is the patriarchy trying to get you to buy more hair removal tools and treatments and just like getting into the pockets of old white men, essentially. Um. (laughs) So the mistake used to shave like
1: everything. Which he was, I don't know. I feel like there is a brand of guys that do that. Yeah. Like but then really they're all
0: muscular. Like, that's gay.
1: Oh yeah. He would be the first, he'd be the first person to like say like, that's so gay or whatever. No, I mean, but people he... say that about them.
0: But then also like the oh. guys that do that, like they get it. So they're like, oh, it's not gay. Like he's showing off his muscles and his veins and stuff. But then like other people are like, that's gay. You shave your whole body. Like men are supposed to be hairy. Like. I don't know whatever is not benefiting (laughs) what's funny so like he so he
1: shaved everything like his legs his arms his chest and I only got annoyed when his chest would like grow back and it would like it would be like prickly and I like couldn't have his chest without him having a shirt on and then he wouldn't Mm -hmm. want to put on a shirt it would be a whole thing but I think that because he spent some time in Florida and mm-hmm. I know I just said Miami really enforces a lot of gender norms, but they also allow men to, like, do yeah. certain things like tan and shave and get manicures mm-hmm. that, you know, in Texas, that would be gay as fuck for a dude to mm-hmm. do and all this shit. So it's it's so weird because it is all, like, arbitrary, like we said, but there's these certain, like, rules in different places. So even though I dated him, we lived in Pennsylvania, he still mm-hmm. shaved and he's still tan. And he would sometimes get annoyed at me for, like, being hairier than him. And I because it felt made him feel emasculated. Is that why? Probably, but I also like problematically in my head. I like didn't really want him to shave because I was like, I like my men hairy, and it's mm-hmm. not because of gender norms. It's because I it like my soft. men manly, and I like my women manly. I don't know. <laughs> I like <laughs> masculine people. <laughs>
0: well, he then, was, is like, that is the most feminine that, man I ever yeah. dated. Yeah, and it's just like the stereotypically feminine too, like that. It's just like, what, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know oh, what yeah, I mean? Sure. like
1: Because he wasn't like the most in touch with his emotions. He just had those certain things that he did. Yeah. Like he, like, and it's just like,
0: yeah, the different ways that people express their um, identity. Um, but anyways, going back to this person's question, uh, how do you overcome it with your friends? Well, first of all, if your friends are shitty about it, maybe don't be friends with those people or like try and at least like educate them and be like hey, like, this is why we're told we should shave. And, you know, if they don't come around to it, probably not somebody you want to be friends with. Um, But you shouldn't worry about it because a lot of us feel kind of like bounded by the expectation that we shave or that we present a certain way. And these people will probably be like, oh, it's okay to not shave. I don't actually have to shave. Um, Um, like
1: even my straight friends don't care whether or not mm -hmm. I shave and even my friend who I was her maid of honor for the wedding her wedding I did I didn't shave my legs but also my legs weren't out so it didn't matter but Mm -hmm. I did shave my I think I bleached my armpits or maybe I shaved them. I kind of forget. But afterwards she was like, I hope you didn't feel like you had to do that. Like, I don't care. Uh, And I was like, it's not for you. It isn't. It isn't. It's more because I don't want people whispering about me on a, and they would have been, they would have been like, did you see the maid of honor? And I didn't want anyone talking about anybody besides her, you know, like I didn't want the spotlight shifted to me in that moment, but also like, I know my friends and they don't, Give, why would they give a fuck what how much hair yeah. I have my body or what color it is or whatever?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck those
1: people if they do care. Yeah. Okay. So this next question is: how do I know if I'm trans or just body dysmorphic? Is there a difference between being dysmorphic and being trans? For example, I love my female body when I'm naked, but sometimes I feel uncomfortable with my appearance, my appearance when I'm dressed.
0: Yeah, it's hard for us to say if this person is trans or dysphoric, but like trans mm-hmm. people do not always experience body dysmorphia or dysphoria. Um, sometimes it's like the expectations that society puts on them that is why right. they are, are not comfortable with the, their assigned gender. Um, so it's not always about dysmorphia or dysphoria like trans people don't always get gender affirmation surgery like people aren't always doing things to change their body so I don't think we can say for sure uh but like loving your body when you're naked but not when you're clothed could also come down to like the items that are available for your body clothes in stores are made like we're supposed to fit into them they're not made for us if that makes sense and that's why a lot of them are so small and so I feel like that would explain why being in those clothes makes you feel uncomfortable because they're not like they're not tailored specifically for your body if they were tailored exactly how you like them to be fit or if you like made your own clothes, like I feel like you would maybe feel more comfortable with your body. And then there's also like all the expectations of like what your body should look like in certain clothes. Like I said earlier, I feel like in more masculine clothes, like the people who quote unquote look good in them, like have flatter chests and I have a large chest. So I don't feel comfortable in those clothes or like they literally just don't fit me. Like I like have looked at like men's pants at stores and I'm like I don't think that's gonna fit my hips or my thighs like it just not made for my body so of course I'm not gonna feel comfortable in it Uh, so that could have more to do with your expression and identity than your gender but I don't don't know for sure (laughs) yeah I think that because um
1: when people dress it does create a sense of self And then if you are limited to your, you know, quote unquote section or the right size or things fitting the way, you know, you do or don't want them to, I think that can sometimes just kind of like warp your perception of things. But I, I like how you said that clothes are literally just like from a society standpoint, they're not made for us to like alter, they're made for us to alter ourselves to fit into them. I think that I don't know, that speaks to me on like so many levels mm-hmm. and even you know as we talked about like gender norms I mentioned with like my dance costumes and stuff growing up like some certain things like glitter and pink like that makes me feel dysphoric but I don't have like a gender uh, dysmorphia like I don't I wouldn't I don't even know that it's like the same because it's not like it's just, it just doesn't feel like me in a way that mm-hmm. makes me so uncomfortable. I literally want to throw up and I don't mm-hmm. have a better way of explaining it, honestly, than that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make me feel like my sense of self isn't there. It just makes me feel like I'm m- being misrepresented. So mm-hmm. I feel like I don't think we can say for sure either, but if you're comfortable naked, then like. I just think that when you put clothes on, you're feeling misrepresented. I, and I don't, that doesn't mean that I have the answer for you. I just think that, like, I can just, I guess, say, like, we understand how you're feeling because, like, mm-hmm. it's not always as easy for everybody who's not you know a size zero and in the box that they're supposed to be in Mm -hmm. to find clothes that make us feel like okay yep there I am Mm -hmm. that's me
0: and then even if you are like a size zero you are expected to be the right kind of size zero so it's really like we're set up to fail no matter what when it comes Mm -hmm. to clothes so I feel like the answer here is just finding clothes that you do feel comfortable in or joining a nudist colony I suppose if that's an option (laughs) for you uh or or making your own clothes if you can't find anything that you feel represents you accurately um and then the last me for
1: tips I mess mess with my clothes all the time
0: yeah I need some tips I want to start sewing but I'm scared it seems hard I can help you out okay cool
1: it's not it's not as near as hard as it seems
0: Okay, good. Uh, So our last question actually has a lot to do with that. It's how can I decide if I'm following harmful gender norms and expectations, or if I'm truly being genuine to my identity through physical expression? And I feel like Gina what you said about shaving your mustache really comes back to this question because like I have also always shaved my mustache because it was something that I was bullied for like my body hair and you're right like it's not a gendered activity Women women are supposed to be hairless according to the patriarchy mm-hmm. and according to like be- European beauty standards but like men can also shave their mustache and it's not seen as like non-masculine. So that right. just proves that it inherently is not like a gendered activity. And like letting it grow is also not gendered because some men don't let it grow and some men do. So that should mean the inverse that some women are allowed and or that women are yeah. allowed to do what they want with their body hair, basically.
1: Yeah, I think it is really a personal choice in terms of like what's genuine and what's physical expression. Mm -hmm. If you decide that you do something that fits into the typical gender norm, I don't think that that's harmful. The only way it's harmful is if you're saying that everybody needs to do that and you like shame other people. But like for yourself, if you decide these are the things that make me look in the mirror and say, okay, that's what I want to look like. Who cares what box they're in? Just keep doing that. That's why we have like masks and fems and people who are all over the spectrum because Mm. you're not going to be able to fit into any, you know, one box being a queer person. And so it comes down to like what you like when you look in the mirror. And I do understand that there's some things you have to break because like I said, like I stopped shaving everything. And definitely for a while, I looked at my legs and I'd be like, they look masculine. And then Mm -hmm. I had to like unlearn that and be like, why do I think that? Because I only see men with hairy legs. It's not Mm -hmm. because women don't have hairy legs. It's because we don't get to see it. And Mm -hmm. then I have friends who don't shave. So seeing like even my very femme presenting friends not shave their legs, it changed my sense of perception. And now if I do or don't shave my legs. It's not going to be out of being feminine or masculine. It's going to be out of like, do I literally want that hair there mm-hmm. for my own self? Like, mm-hmm. and that's, that's something that you might take a minute and maybe you do have to play around. Like I, that's why I stopped shaving everything and like figured it out. And now I have a better understanding. Um, So you kind of have to like play around and, and test until you figure out like, yep, there it is. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to accomplish. You know?
0: Yeah. That's what I was going to say is you have to like look at, why we do what we do who's benefiting from us doing something or not doing something and and really interrogate it and maybe stop doing that thing for a while and see if you feel good and continue to do what makes you feel good and don't do Mm -hmm. what makes you feel bad uh that's really the only way to figure it out uh but I think it is important to like interrogate where those norms come from because a lot of them do come from a place of control or a place of capitalistic uh quote unquote innovation so uh Mm -hmm. it's important to like interrogate things because we are always being sold things in one form or another and we have to see if we really want to purchase those things that we're being sold i love that I could honestly talk about this topic
1: forever. I really um, have so much to say about it. But uh, wrapping up here, if you are thinking, hey, how do I ask a question? I want to ask questions. Well, you should follow us on social media. We are posting question boxes for future episodes all the time. And you can do that anywhere at Sapphic Survival Guide, except for Twitter, which is just at Sapphic Survival. And if you're listening, please make sure to rate, subscribe, give us a review, and you can also follow us on Patreon if you want to subscribe for some extras, patreon.com slash And last, you can find me anywhere online at The Libra Gina, including my website, the and
0: you can listen to Um Hello wherever you listen to podcasts for all of your Jersey Shore recaps. And you can find me, Cheyenne, at Hot Mesbian on pretty much any social media platform. And with that, class is now dismissed. Bye! <laughs> <Yay! laughs>